right? Now that I'm starting to preach. Hey, uh, what's your idea of the perfect Christmas? You got an idea of the perfect Christmas? I think like uh, Frank Sinatra, you know, cozy saxophone, hot chocolate, Christmas tree, all the people you love, even better, all the people you don't like somehow couldn't make it this year. That's like the perfect Christmas, right? Uh, How about a light snow on the ground? Maybe not enough to affect travel plans, just enough to build a nice snowman and then it warms back up. That seems like a good Christmas. Um, maybe, you're, uh, maybe you get sick enough to avoid family Christmas, but not so sick that you can't enjoy sitting in a recliner and watching games all day. Maybe that's perfect Christmas. Maybe it's just the smell. Maybe it's the smell of wassail, whatever that is that people drink at Christmas. Maybe it's uh, the smell of the dead tree in your house with spiders all in it, because that's, that's really what's happening in there. Uh, for me, perfect Christmas is this, okay? Perfect Christmas is I sleep till 9, so I sleep till 9 o'clock. I wake up, I drink coffee till 10 o'clock. After 10, we, uh, we read the Christmas story together, maybe we pray together, and then we very slowly open up gifts. And all that ends by like 11.30, and I spend the rest of the day taking a nap while I watch a ball game, and I go to bed early. That's the perfect Christmas. Anybody agree? We can all dream, right? What will really happen is I'll be up by 7, all the gifts will be open by 7.10 in like a Black Friday kind of craze, you know, and just paper everywhere. That's probably what will really happen. Because I'm going to tell you a secret about the perfect Christmas. Whatever, whatever you got in your mind, here's the reality. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Here in New Orleans, it's either going to be unseasonably hot or it's going to be really, really cold, like below 50, right? It's going to be one of those things here. Uh, the dressing will be dry. People are going to argue. Car rides will take forever. You'll gain three pounds. All the things that you don't want to happen on Christmas, those are all the little things that are going to happen. Absolutely, you'll never have that perfect Christmas. If you want to see a Christmas that went absolutely wrong, turn to Luke chapter 2. You brought your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. Here's a Christmas where everything went wrong. Uh, Let me tell you what happened. A woman rode a donkey, or either she walked, we're not exactly sure, She did that for 70 or 80 miles in the mountains, and she was nine months pregnant. That's how her Christmas went. Uh, Can you imagine the amount of complaining her husband had to endure, right? What a terrible Christmas. Uh, On top of that, it was tax season. So imagine if we put taxes right in the middle of Christmas. That'd be pretty bad. Um, Joseph forgot to book a room, so he got there, and there was no place for them to stay. And uh, so that happened. Think about this. The, right after uh, Jesus is born, think about the nine months that Mary just had, okay? She almost got divorced. She had a baby in a barn, as if that wasn't enough in one nine-month span. Uh, her life was threatened. Remember, they got warned by the angel that to go home a different way. Um, they had to travel. She traveled 80 miles walking or riding a donkey at full term about to give birth. So that was pretty bad. All that, Zoloft had not yet been invented. That's only funny if you know what that is. 
Uh, but anyway, um, all those, man, what an awful Christmas. Yet in the midst of it all, in the midst of it all, we find Mary really calm, singing, even worshipful. And how do we find her in the middle of all of, of this, this imperfection and this mess that's around her? How do we see her in that? I think that you've got to flip back a page to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And this is sort of where this Christmas story begins, and this is where you find it. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, uh, did I say Luke chapter 1, verse 26? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. This was the beginning of elaborate birth announcements, right? He sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and this is what the angel said to her. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. How about that? Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Any of you guys ever felt like you let God down? Like all the things that you feel like he would have wanted you to do, you didn't do very well. Now imagine you've been tasked with being the mother of Jesus, and you think, I've got to get all this right. So I've got to exercise, and I've got to eat right, and I've got to do all the things to make a healthy baby. And, and when the time comes, I've got to be ready. All those little pieces have to be together. And we finally get to the point where Jesus is going to be born, and you think, I've been tasked with this huge thing. I've got to get it right. And the first thing you do is, is you don't make arrangements, and Jesus is born in a barn in a dirty stable with animals all around, and you start thinking, I totally blew it. Why would God trust me to do this, knowing that I would screw it up? Why would God trust Mary with this? And here's what I would say to you, because here's the reality. God didn't choose Mary because she was so incredibly good. He doesn't choose us to do great things because we're so good. You see, God blessed Mary with this task in the same way that he calls us to do great things. In the same way that God called Mary to accomplish something great, God calls us to do something great. And that's what much of this story is about. Is God calling her to do something great. This part that focuses on Mary's song and this part where we read about the emphasis in Mary is about God calling Mary to do something great the same way that he calls us to do something great. But here's, here's something about Mary and here's something about the story of Mary that I think can stick with you. You see, the blessing in the story for Mary is not in bearing Jesus. The blessing is not in bearing the Son, it's in believing in the Son. That's the idea of Christmas. It's not this focus so much on her, and when God calls you and I to do something great, it's not a focus on us. Rather, it's a focus on what God has done through us. And the first thing that God says to Mary in this story is He says, You are blessed. And what I would imagine is that the messy circumstance that you find yourself in, if you find yourself in, in the middle of a situation or maybe just in the middle of a part of life that you didn't think you would go through and it looks a little messy, I would say to you the same thing that was true of Mary is maybe all the messy stuff is just part of the story. 
Maybe all the really messy stuff that makes up, that that you think where I've done everything wrong and God called me to do something great and I've really blew it in this life. And I would say maybe that's just part of the story. And it's not that you've done everything perfectly, that they know, and, and everything that happened to you is no fault of your own. I don't mean that. But I mean that God does great things in the midst of these messes. That's, I think, a a huge point of this Christmas story. And the second thing is this. Here's the second thing he says to Mary, and I think that what God calls us to do and what he called her to do would cripple her were it not for this little piece. He says, you got something to do, Mary, and read between the lines. I think he's saying it won't be easy. It's going to be pretty messy, but here's some reality. He says, but the Lord is with you. And he doesn't leave her to sort of do this thing all by himself. Scripture says that that, that God is with us. And God was physically with Mary, and he's also spiritually with Mary. And how incredible is it that God is with us? Let me tell you just a couple things that the Bible says about God. It says that God is all-knowing. How about all those times that you're in the middle of a mess, and you go, I really just have no idea what to do. And there's a God walking with you who's all-knowing. There's a God walking with you who is all-powerful. And when you don't have any idea, when you can't fix the situation by your own power, we serve a God who is all-powerful. Scripture calls, calls him the Prince of Peace. He's so good at creating peace and so good at avoiding all the nastiness that we get into that he's called the Prince of Peace. How about this one? He's always truthful and always fair. Man, that's pretty incredible. Always truthful and always fair. The uh, Bible says God is perfect love. It says he's always forgiving. Anybody in here always forgiving? Anybody like to be married to someone who's always forgiving? Yeah, I, I, I would love that. I would love to be that. How about always faithful? Huh? Always faithful. And no matter what the situation and no matter what the circumstance, there is a God who is with us that is absolutely always faithful. So this Christmas, I hope that you recognize that the thrust of this whole Christmas story is that God is with us. That's the whole point of the story. God is with us and God came to be with us. And for the Jesus follower, it goes even a step further. And, and I would say that the ability to sing and the ability to worship in the midst of the storm and in the midst of all the mess is rooted in belief in God's promises to you. And God's promises to you are that we are blessed. If you're a follower of him, he says that you are favored by him. And most of all, he says that he is with us. Let me pray. God, I thank you for that reality and that truth. And God, I thank you that this in this Christmas season, but I praise you so much that well beyond this Christmas season, that we can rest in knowing that you are with us. And no matter what mess we may be in the middle of, God, that you are greater than that, and you do great things in and through the mess. And God, may we just be faithful to give those things to you and say, God, whatever you want to do through me in the middle of this, I give it to you. Jesus, on this Christmas, we praise you for just being who you are. And we praise you for the, we praise you for the blessing of, of, of leaving heaven and coming to earth. God, that we might have new life. Amen.